appropriate because one of the uh, reasons and uh, the skulot of the mitzvah of mezuzah is that it protects our houses, it protects Am Yisrael and uh, Bezrat Hashem, all the Toshavim of Eretz Yisrael in the Darom uh, should be protected uh, and Bezrat Hashem, our learning should be for the protection of the Chayalim and the citizens of the Darom and, and the Merkaz actually. Um, okay. Um, the mitzvah of mezuzah is obviously a Torah obligation, and we actually find it written twice. We say it twice in every day in Kriyat Shema. The first time is in Dvarim Vav. The pasuk says, "Ukshatem lot al yadecha." In what? First time. The first time it's mentioned is in Dvarim Vav, in the first first parak of Kriyat Shema. The pasuk says. Ukshartam lo taliadecha. Yeah, and this is the second. Oh, we're gonna to get to. We're gonna see the second time in a moment. And the first time it says Ukhtavtam al mezuzot beitecha uvisharecha, and you shall inscribe it on the doorposts of your house uvisharecha, and on your gates. How do you understand that pasuk? Two separate obligations. The one is your house, and the second is the gates. We'll see what gates it's referring to. Remind me, as we'll see, the Rambam connected the two dinim uh, in a very novel way. The second time the Torah says it, it's the same pasuk. In the second paragraph of Kriyachma, in Parashat Ekev, we find it again. And the Rambam explains why do we need to, why is this uh, mitzvah given? Says the Rambam in Hilchot Mezuzah, Chayav Adam Lazhir Belizaher Bemezuzah. Person is obligated to take care of, to be careful about this mezuzah. Mipnei Hakol Tamid. It is the obligation of everyone always. Because man shi kanes veitze yipaga beyichud Hashem Shmo Shel Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And every time a person <coughs> enters and leaves his house, he will meet, literally, the mezuzah, and he will be reminded of Hashem's unity and his love for him. Interesting description of the Rambam. A person will almost awaken from this uh, dreaminess of being swept away in the nonsense of this world, the only thing that is um, <clears throat> forever is the knowledge of the Creator of the world, and immediately he returns, does tshuva, and acts in an appropriate way. So that is the uh, that is the, the Rambam. The tour adds, the tour adds in Siman Reish Peibat. Bechola Zahirba, I mean the bold lines. Yarichu Yamav Yemei Banav. A person who is makpid about the mitzvah of mezuzah, he will have long life, and his children will have long life. Why? The pasuk says, Leman Yebu Yemechem. Yes, 
In order that you, um, excuse me, will have long life. Furthermore, the, the Torah brings a second reason. He says, that the bayit, the person's house, will be guarded from it. And that is the famous story of Unclus. Unclus the Gemara says, who was a, a Greek dignitary, and when a Greek or a Roman dignitary, a Roman dignitary, and he decided to go and leave. He was a philosopher, and he decided to be interested in the laws of Yadut, and he finally converted. And when the Romans, the, the aristocracy was, was uh, in uproar, how could one of their own convert to Judaism? So they sent people to bring him, and the soldiers that came, he convinced every, all the time when he convinced the soldiers that were coming to take him back, and they all converted as well. And when the, the Gemara says that when he was leaving, he put his hand on the mezuzah and he says to the he says to the Roman soldiers, "You listen to a king. You know what the difference between a human king, the, the Caesar is. The Caesar is is that he sits inside the palace, and you, the soldiers, protect him, and you stand on the outside. However," HaKadosh Baruch Hu, his soldiers, i.e. we, we live inside the palace, in our houses, and Hashem stands God over us on the outside, and they also converted. That was the story in the Gemara. So we see this idea, which is the uh, tour is referring to. Uh, the do question we, do is... Do we have an explanation why we need the two identical sukkim for... Uh, it's a good trailer. I haven't seen it. Uh, I'm sure there is. But I'm not, uh, it's a good try, good try why, why we need the, the two token. Um, I have to look into it, please God, next week. Um, who is obligated in the mitzvah of mezuzah? Says the Shulchan Aruch, HaKol chayavim b'mezuzah, afilu nashim v'avadim, u'mechanchim et haktanim la'asot mezuzah le'pitcheihem. Everyone is obligated, I, this is not necessarily a Mitzvah only for men. If a woman is has an apartment, she is also obligated <coughs> to put up a mezuzah. Now, why would I think otherwise? Why would I think that women are exempt? The Gemara actually says that since it's not a time-bound mitzvah, obviously women should be obligated. Says the Gemara, no, not so fast. Why? Because the Torah connects the it's mitzvah filling. of mezuzah to the mitzvah of Talmud Torah to the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. And since women are exempt from the mitzvah of Talmud Torah, perhaps they would, should also be exempt from the mitzvah of mezuzah. And therefore the Gemara brings a separate limud of why women are obligated in the mitzvah of mezuzah. And it's not a pasuk, it's a svara. The Gemara says, the pasuk says, why do we do, one of the reasons for mezuzah is, leman yarichun yamecha, that you'll have long life. Women also want long life. And therefore, says the Gemara over there, that is the reason that women are also obligated in the mitzvah of mezuzah. However, what was the Pasuk? There's something that it's clear that you don't have an obligation. The Torah says, Uchtavtam al-mezuzot And it will, you should inscribe it on your house. What happens if you don't own the house? 
So this is a big debate in Halakha. And here we see, we'll just quote the Shulchan Aruch and then we'll explain. Shulchan Aruch says as follows. Ha-socher bayit b'chutz la'aretz. A person who rents a house in chutz la'aretz. Va'adar b'pundak b'eretz Yisrael. Or is just in a little shack in Eretz Yisrael. Patur mi mezuzah shloshim yom. Up to 30 days one is exempt from putting up a mezuzah if you are renting in chutz la'aretz. But if you are renting in Eretz Yisrael, you have to put up a mezuzah immediately, because of the mitzvah of Eretz Yisrael. Let's understand this halacha. Why is it that, talk about renting in Chutz Laaretz, why is it in Chutz Laaretz that I only have a chiyuv to put the mezuzah up after 30 days? So this is a big machloket Rishonim. Some Rishonim understand as follows. That after 30 days, before 30 days, you might stay, you might not stay. It's not considered dirat keva. It's not considered that you are there permanently. After 30 days, even though you're just renting, it is considered dirat keva, permanent dwelling. And then you will be chayav midoraita. You will be obligated from the Torah to put up a mezuzah. But when? Only after 30 days. Opinion number one. Opinion number two says as follows. A renter is never obligated from the Torah to put up a mezuzah. Why? Beitecha. Samri Shonim. Samri Shonim hold. I can't remember who, who it is. The Beit Yosef brings the teams. Samri Shonim hold. It says Beitecha. The chant of the Pasuk is it has to belong to you. If it doesn't belong to you, you're not chayav midoraita. So why did the Gemara say that after 30 days I have to put up a mezuzah? That is an obligation midrabanan. Midrabanan. It's a rabbinic obligation. And why? Because of the din of maritime. Are people going to think that Mr. Cohen is living in a house? He comes to shul every week. He's uh, from Yid. And he doesn't put up a mezuzah. What kind of, uh, what kind of uh, shkots is that? Now, up until 30 days, people are not going to think that he's, you know, he's, uh, he's bought the house or whatever it is. So no one's going to think badly of him. After 30 days, people are going to think that he's bought the house, that it belongs to him. And therefore, he has an obligation, neither Rabbanan, to put up the mezuzah. Because according to these Rishonim, if you don't, own the mezuzah. If you don't own the house, you have no chiyuv to put up a mezuzah. Is there a nafkamina between um, <clears throat> is there a nafkamina between these two opinions? Right? Whether I hold that I should put it up, whether I hold that it's the rabbanan or the writer. So one of the nafkaminas could be, let's say I sign a lease. And the lease is, I'm going to rent a year, I'm going to rent the house for an entire year. So I know it on day one, that I'm going to be there for more than 30 days. I know that I'm going to be there for an entire year. Now, if the reason why I didn't put up the, I'm not hired to put up the mezuzah for the first 30 days is because maybe I'll move, maybe I won't. And only after 30 days, now it's clear that I'm going to settle there. And then the Chiyuv is actually a door writer. Well, if I've signed the lease, 
we can assume that I'm going to be there for the entire year. In which case, even in Chutzaret, not only should I, but maybe I have a chiv to put the mezuzah up on day one. If I've signed the lease and I know that I'm going to be there for certain, I should put up the mezuzah on day one. However, if the din is based on because of maritime, who cares that I've signed the lease? The whole din is based on what people are going to think. People are only going to change their mind after 30 days. And according to that opinion, even if, even if I've signed the lease for a year, I'm only obligated to put up the mezuzah on day 31. There's a third interesting shita. So some opinions say put up the mezuzah, but don't make a brocha. And on, on, on day 31, you make a bracha. Rav, uh, Rav Shechter quotes the Rav Shach, the Evan Ha'ezel. The Evan Ha'ezel, he has a different shita. He says like this. The Gemara makes an assumption. <clears throat> the Gemara's assumption is, Schira lo kanya. That if a person rents and hasn't got the law of buying. The Gemara says, Schira lo kanya. If I rent an apartment, it hasn't, I, it, I'm not the owner of the apartment. Says Rav Shach, that was in the times of the Gemara. Because in the times of the Gemara, basically the Balabayit, um, I don't know, uh, there were rocks being fired and his house was in the south. And he decides he wants to come back to Yerushalayim and he can kick you out. So, so the din of Sechira Lokanya makes sense. Because at any given time, the Balabayit could have walked in. But today, that's not the law. The law is, is that if you rent a house, even if the Balabayit wants to come, he can't kick you out of his, uh, out of his house. You've leased the house for a year, whatever it is. You must find alternative plans. In that case, says Evan Ezel, if you, this, the, the, the halachic status of a renter today is closer to a kone, to a buyer, and an owner than a renter described in the Gemara. In which case, even if you are renting, you actually have the din of a buyer, and then certainly you should have to put up the mezuzah on day one. So is the, the clause that's essential is about the, whether the balabai can come back and kick them out at any time? Is that I the, suppose that would be the essential clause. If there is such a clause, then, then that would basically be the similar to the Gemara's description of, of Sechirot. But I don't think in the average... Um, in the average renting uh, contract, no, contract, there is such a clause, and therefore, says the Evan Ezel, says Rav Shechta, one should actually put the mezuzah up straight away. And even if there is such a clause, it's always with the, you have like notice periods. You have a minimum of, say, a 30 day notice period. So uh, that, that would be interesting. If there is such a clause, then maybe if there's a 30 day uh, thing, then also maybe you, you would have to do it straight away. So, those are the different opinions. Uh, we, we, we won't dwell on it because um, it, 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 it is an important thing and I'll, ju I'll just mention one more thing. So it comes out like this, that for a renter, it could be that it's only a Dinder Rabbanai, correct? Now as we'll see, there are going to be many, many questions of am I obligated to put up a mitzvah because of the structure of the house, which we'll discuss in a moment. Says Rabbi Akiva Ega, is that a suffix or right or suffix the Rabbanan? Well, depends. If I pass it for a renter, right, that we saw it's actually a machloket, it could be that this 
I've got a question whether I should put up a mezuzah or not. But really, it's a suffix to Rabbanan because if I hold that I'm only renting to begin with, my, my obligation might only meet me the Rabbanan. So really, it's a sveik sveika, right? Okay, so a trader Rabbanan, or however you want to, however you want to uh, phrase it, let's keep that in the back of our mind because now we're going to actually go through when am I obligated in terms of the structure of the house to put up a mezuzah. Yes? You mentioned according to the Monday Omra that says it's Mida Rabbanan, it would make a bracha. We make bracha of that. No, no. No, no, sorry. According to the Manda Amar, that it's Midrabana. And now I've got a suffix weather. No. Oh, oh. This wasn't this was before. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Like this. If, you know, according to, it's a suffix. A renter, a renter. According to the Manda Amar, it says a renter is Midrabana. Yes. You mentioned that, that he would not make a bracha. No, it wouldn't make a bracha if you put it on on day one. But why? Because I, I've, I've got two opinions now, correct? I've oh, listed for a year. He may not be I've listed for a year. According to one opinion, the, um, the, the uh, Derech HaChaim, it's brought down by the uh, Nativas, it's brought down by um, a few other Achroim. They say, put it on straight away. You've listed and a, According to the logic of those Rishonim that say it's really Doraitis, just that the first 30 days we're not sure if it's going to be considered the Dirat Keva or not, you know you've leased it for a year, so you have a Chiyuv to put on straight away and say a Brocha. According to the second opinion, your Chiyuv only kicks in on day 31. So if you put it on on day 1, how can you say a Brocha? You don't have a Chiyuv. So some opinion, according to that, the second Shita, the second Shita says like this, a renter is never obligated, correct? Never obligated from the Torah. When is he obligated? On day 31, because of my time. You now, when, so when did Chachamim obligate me to put it on? On day 31. So when I put it on on day 1, there was no chil. How can I say a Not even me the Rabbanah. And therefore, according to that, some shittas say, put it on, but don't say a so do you have to take it off and put it on again? You say the oh, so that's a shayna. Do you have to, on day 31, yeah, so some say like this, Put it on on day one, <coughs> and on day 31 you say bracha. But here comes a question. If you've already put it on on day one, then how can you say bracha on day 31? Right? Someone said to Rabbi Salavetik, isn't this a problem of tase velomina asui, which is like it's already there, it's already built. Originally Rabbi Salavetik scoffed at the, uh, the, the Talmud. In the end he said maybe you've got a point. Um, that there is such a there is it's such a suffix. It's already it's already the, there. The rock is also the boa, right? Correct. So so but most poskim hold that if you do mishmush, right? Let's say you put on your talus. Let's say you put on your talus before this man of tzitzit. So you can put on your talus. Let's say on shavuot, lel tikkun lel. So everyone's right. you know trying to put it on as soon as possible, five o'clock in the morning. But it hasn't come time to put on your tzitzit. So what do you do? You put on the t- your talus without saying a bracha. And then at whatever, before, before Baruch Hu, man, you just be mamashmech with it and you say the bracha. So too, some poskim say, that would be the same thing over here. You just need to like... If the parsley remove it. Yeah, wiggle it a bit. Wiggle it a bit. And then you can. And then you can. Some say you don't even need to. You don't even need to do mishmosh. Um, just like in the talis then you probably didn't even need to do mishmosh. Just say the bracha. Right? What, what exactly did you do with the talis uh, thing? 
but the, the best answer is to move there to Israel because you put it on day one with the Correct. Oh. That is definitely oh. the best answer. Okay. Let's go through the Rambam. The Rambam gives us 10 rules for a, a when I'm obligated to put on a, 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 a mezuzah. Says the Rambam. Asarat na'im yesh babayit. There are 10 conditions in a house that need to be fulfilled in order for me to be obligated to put on a mezuzah. And even if one condition is missing, one is exempt from putting on a mezuzah. What are these conditions? And not all of the conditions mentioned by the Rambam are agreed upon. So, but let's see what the Rambam says. Says the Rambam, condition number one, the room that we are coming into is four amot by four amot, four cubits by four cubits, approximately um, for the uh, for the the measurement. It's written down in the uh, in one of the footnotes. The measurement would be. Um, 190 centimeters, right? According to Rab Chaim Na'eh, and according to um, according to Rab Moshe Feinstein, it's seven feet or 215 centimeters, and according to the Chazonish, it will be 230 centimeters. Okay, so whether it's just under two meters or just above two meters, that is really what we are talking about. Now, the Rambam says four amot by four amot. That means that according to the Rambam, you just need an area of 4x4, four four, or alternatively 8x2, 16x1. What is critical for the Rambam is the total area, however you get to it. The Rosh argues. The Rosh says, if I have a room that is 8 amot by 2 amot, it's not good enough. It has to be a room that has at least minimum four, four and minimum four on both sides. So that's condition number one of the Rambam, which we've already seen is a machloket, the Rosh argues with him. Condition number two, there has to be two doorposts. A mezuzah is actually a doorpost. We call the mezuzah but that's the colloquial term. The mezuzah is actually two doorposts. If you only have one doorpost, you would be exempt according to the Rambam, which we'll see is going to be a machloket achronim. Often you'll have a house where basically you have an archway mm -hmm. where you only have one doorpost and a lintel and a wall. Mm -hmm. So according to the Rambam, that would be exempt. We'll see if we whether we pass like that. Third condition, Vishiyelo Mashkov. It has to have a lintel. If I'm not mistaken, everyone pretty much agrees that this is an obligation. Vitiyelo Tikra. The Rambam, and no one's really sure where, you get, where, where, where did the Rambam get this from? It has to have a, uh, sorry, the Vishiyelo Tikra, that's a, a Gemara. Sorry, so we'll see that in a moment. What's the difference between the Mashkov and the Tikra? The room. No, the room has to be roofed. The room has to be roofed. The door has to have a mashkov. If you have a pergola, according to the Rambam, yeah. you're not obligated in a mezuzah over there because it doesn't have a roof. Uh, the yulo dlatot. 
Here, condition number six, uh, condition number five, the Rambam says, if I have a doorway, but I do not have an actual door, I don't have to put up a mezuzah. And, and this, this question... Plural as well? Sorry? Plural? What do you mean plural? He uses dlatot in plural, not delet. As in, does that mean it has to have more? No, no, no. One door, one door. A... Yeah, I think what he's meaning is you have archways that don't have doors. Right. right. Um, says the Rambam. Now, where did the Rambam get this? It's not anywhere written in the Gemara. The Chachmei Lonil of, uh, of Ashkenaz sent, sent a question to the Rambam. Where did he get this from? And the Rambam answered them in a tshuva. He said, go back to the original Pasuk. What was the Pasuk? Now, a shar in the times of, of, of the, even, you know, even in medieval times, a gate of the city obviously had a door. If it didn't have a door, then, you know, then how did they protect themselves? You always had a gate with a door. Today, the, an example would be Shar uh, Yafo in the old city. So today they don't have a, a, a gate, right? But in, but it was. There's a door there. No, in in, in Shariyapa, there's yeah. a door. It's open all the time. Though. Oh, it's open all the time. Okay. There's a door. <coughs> Big door with a little door. Uh -huh. Okay. So clearly, that's what the Raman is referring to. That's what the Pshat of the Pasuk is. It's referring to those type of gateways into the cities, etc. But says the Rambam, the Torah connects the two, and just as the gateway always has a door. So too, ones, <coughs> when it talks about Beitecha, mm. it also has to do a door. In fact, he learns Bisharech is really describing also one's house. And that is a Chidush of the Rambam. He's like reinterpreting the actual Pasuk. So we generally don't Paschal like this. We don't Paschal like the Rambam. Uh, this is a big Chidush of the Rambam. The most, most of the Paschal didn't accept. However, in deference to the Rambam, we might not say Abrocha. Right? Let's see. Let's continue. The doorway has to be at least 10 Fahim high. 10 Fahim high is not that high. It's about a meter. It's not, not uh, very high at all. <coughs> As opposed to the Beit Amikdash. As opposed to a Beit Knesset, Meikaradin. Meikaradin. A Beit Knesset, where no one eats in and people just go to Daven, would not be obligated in a mezuzah. Right? And it has to be for living purposes, not just as a, a storeroom. Now, the truth is, the Gemara will see, storerooms do have a chiyuv to have a mezuzah, because the assumption is people also used to live there. I, they, they had storerooms in their houses. Right? Just like our pantry is part of our house, it's a storeroom, but... The pantry is really part of the house. It's a storeroom. That's also in the times of Chazal. That's what they used to have. So we're talking about a storeroom that wasn't used at all for living purposes. Right? That's when it would be exempt. One of the most famous uh, conditions is it has to be something that <coughs> is there for, uh, for a dignified purpose as opposed to, for example, going to the bathroom. That's Tashmish of Bizayon or Gnai, and therefore one wouldn't put up a mezuzah. And it has to be something that is a permanent structure, for example, as opposed to a 
Mezuzah. Okay. Sukkah. Sorry? Sukkah. Sukkah. Sorry, as opposed to Sukkah. Okay. Let's, uh, let's move on. Um, I want to kind of just, because we're running out of time. So let me just... Um, let's skip to source number 12. Because source number 12 is... Um, <clears throat> is really... We're getting into... Uh, so let's go back to source number 11. Okay, source number 11, uh, the Gemara is in Masechet Yuma Yud Aleph, and uh, really describes everything that we all, a lot of the principles that we just mentioned in the Rambam come from the Gemara in Yud Aleph, in Yuma. We're not going to read it inside, we're going to go straight to the Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch Paskins. These are the places where a person is obligated to put a mezuzah. Whether it's a gateway of your house, a gateway of your courtyard, or of a Medina. We don't have this today, but there <coughs> certain, the Great Wall of China. The Great Wall of China was the gateway to the Medina, to the country. And therefore, if there was a, uh, an arch and a door in the Great Wall of China, that would be obligated to have a mezuzah. If they were Jewish, right? Could um, you not argue that the mezuzah as you come into possible control of uh, Ben Gurion is like because that's the entrance to the Medina? Could be, could be, they could be in, in, uh, the enormous one. Right? Yeah, could be, could be that that would be in Ben Gurion today. That would be the uh, that would be the entrance. Could be, could be, <coughs> and um, etc. He says, "Refet bakar velulin v'otzrot yain v'shemen." Interesting. Uh, the where they used to keep the animals was still considered um, some type of dignified place. Yeah. Even places where, where, where women used to um, uh, get all dressed up, etc. That is also the Chayavim and also the Shutvin. So to go back, just thinking about Medinot again. Yeah. Embassies. What about an embassy? Embassy is... That is considered part of the Medina. Let's say you're in the ah. Israeli embassy in the States. Right, right. So you're in America, but when you go to into, the, into the embassy, you're then going into Medina Israel. Ah, interesting. Do you also sleep in the embassy? No, but he's saying even if you didn't sleep, even if you didn't sleep, maybe that's considered... Consulate, it's functional. Yeah, right. right. Fair. Very good, very good. Could be, could be. Okay. Have words with Misra Lachut. V'davke kre ba'ita shutvin Yisraelin. Right? But only if the partners that we're talking about are all Jewish. But if your partner is also a non-Jew, it would be exempt from a mezuzah because we are concerned for the kavod of the mezuzah, etc. Let's, let's, uh, let's move along because uh, let's go to source number 12. Source number 12. Yes. Okay. Here comes, here's an interesting halach. Says the Shulchan Aruch, in Siman Reish Pei Vav Yud Gimel, Bait She'en Arba Amot Al Arba Amot. By the way, when the, Gemara, when the Shulchan Aruch uses this term Bait, it can even mean a room. I'm going to say a room so not to get confused. The Gemara always uses the word Bait, I think, because maybe in the times of the Gemara, the houses were only one, one room. But it means even every specific room. So a room that doesn't have four cubits by four cubits, Patur. Now, if you can get a square area of 4x4, four four, 
או שהוא עגול, או בעל חמישה זוויות, חייב. זה זה שולחן ארוך, even if the room isn't four by four, but it's eight by two, or sixteen by one, or you, it's a circle, but you could get that surface area, it would be obligated. The Shulchan Aruch over here is passing like the Rambam, right? As opposed to the Rosh. Now, sometimes when we, this, this could have a machlo, this could come into, sometimes that we have areas that are, that are four by four, but they're not two meters by two meters, four cubits by four cubits. For example, pantry area in a kitchen. It might be narrow, mm -hmm. but deep. Right, so do you put up a mezuzah? Yes, that's what the Shulchan Aruch says. Should you say a brocha? So some say maybe we shouldn't say a brocha in deference to the to the um, <coughs> to the rosh. So let let's see this. Says the Pitchei Tshuva, and here he brings a novel approach of the Chamudei Daniel. The Sefer Chamudei Daniel says the Pitchei Tshuva, Katab. This obligation that the room has to be four by four is only if it's a bait dira. If that was meant to be used to live in. Aval, bait shar umir peset vagina. But if something is connected to the house but it's not meant to be there to live in, such as the guardhouse, etc. Even if it is not four by four cubits, one would be obligated to put up a mezuzah there. And he says, definitely, if you've got a large house, and let's say you've got a large kitchen, and then you've got a pantry, but the pantry is smaller than four by four, but it's serving the greater house, according to the Chamudei Daniel, one would be obligated to put up a mezuzah. Where does this opinion come in, come in uh, questions? Machsan, uh, you know, a pantry, a walk-in closet. Mm -hmm. A walk-in closet generally is not two by two, you know, four by four cubits, which is almost two by two meters. Um, very, you know, most, most walking closets, unless I don't know where you're living, right? Um, they're not that size. But according to the Chamudei <coughs> Daniel, one would be obligated to put, <coughs> to put in a mezuzah. <coughs> what would be the din today? Are we choshesh for the opinion of the Chamudei Daniel? So if you look in the footnote, yes. What is the difference between the ownership of a man Oh, no difference. Whether a man owns it or a woman owns it, they would both be obligated to... Same. Same obligation. Exactly the same. It's the exact same. So, <coughs> coming back to our question, do we ask in like the Chamudei Daniel? Look at the Minchat Yitzchak. The odd Nireh. Another one of the reasons why, let's say, a walking closet or a, um, a cupboard, according to the Chamudei Daniel, <coughs> forget a walking closet, a cupboard might be obligated in a mezuzah. That's 
That's crazy, right? Lichora. Says the Minchat Yitzhak, since you're not meant to go in, and you're not meant to go out, you just put your, your jacket in, right? You, but you never go walk in and out. Rak potchim adelet. Mishtamshim derech holacha vovaa mechutz. Vadai patur. In such case, you'll be ex- definitely exempt from a mezuzah. He says, in my house, I have such a small room. A walking closet. He's describing a walking closet, it seems like. It's just open. It's not a walking closet. It's just a closet where you, a regular closet where you just put But then why does he describe it as a, as a, uh, as a cheder? It's interesting. I'm not convinced. Anyway, the Rav, if you look at the, 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 um, the footnotes, Rav Moshe Feinstein says in oral Truva uh, to Rav Belsky, the Minag in Europe was not to be Choshesh for the Hamude Daniel. Where else would the Hamudei Daniel's question uh, reason uh, be might be appropriate? Would be in elevators. Someone is saying that generally elevators <coughs> don't have the correct shield. There are two questions regarding elevators. There's a long yes. essay by Rabbi Abichai Goodman. Oh, there's a long essay at the end of the shield by Rabbi Abichai Goodman at the end, very worthwhile reading it. <clears throat> so some say, first of all, the question doesn't begin because the, most elevators don't have the correct shear. But according to the Hamudei Daniel, that doesn't necessarily take it out of the question. It still might be a question. And then you have to get into all the other reasons why an elevator might not be <coughs> obligated. It's a big discussion amongst the poskim. Going back to Thomas, <coughs> yes. in order to hold up, Four carpets. Yes. You need either a metal frame or a wood frame. Any any permanent structure. Any permanent structure doesn't necessarily have to be metal. Can be wood. Can be of any structure. Any permanent structure. Any permanent structure would be okay to be obligated. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so now, <coughs> excuse me. Let's look at a, a few other interesting halachot, right? Says the, the Rambam, source number, or go to the Gemara. The Gemara says, in Mesechet Menachot, Hani Pitchei Shimai, these Shimian openings, Pturin Mina Mezuzah, are exempt from a Mezuzah. My Pitchei Shimai, what does it mean, Pitchei Shimai? So it's a machloket. Pligabai, Rab Rihumi, Vaabi Yossi. It's a machloket between the Amorai. Chalamar delate lehu tikra. It's a room that doesn't have a roof. Vechalamar delate lehu shkufai. And one says it doesn't have a lintel. The Rambam basically paskened both of them. That if you don't have a lintel, it doesn't begin. And if you don't have a roof, it won't begin. What would happen if you have a room which is partially covered by a roof and partially open? Mm-hmm. Right? Would the Rambam say, say such a thing? Look at the Rambam, source number 16, Hilchot Mezuzah, Perik Vav, Halacha 
part of it was roofed and half of it wasn't. It seems to me, the Rambam generally is very uh, humble. He just quotes the halacha. Yeah, he brings his own chidosh. He does, sometimes does it. If the roof is adjacent to the door frame, then you are obligated. But if you have a door frame and then you have air and then you have a roof, then you'd be exempt. Now, that size that of the roof that is adjacent to the wall, is there a certain size or not? Says the Yalkut Yosef, okay, that he believes that the Rambam's Chiyuv is that only when the roof was four by four cubits. I, the roofed area has to be in and of itself good enough to be considered a roof. Let's look at a few of these halachot brought down in the Shulchan Aruch. Says the Shulchan Aruch, Habayi, tafabi she'enor glatot, chayav b'mezuzah. A house that doesn't have a door is obligated in a mezuzah. He's quoting here the opinion of the Rambam. But the others argue, right? So the, Ram, the, the um, Shulchan Aruch seems to paskanak the Rambam. Generally, we don't paskanak the Rambam. We put up a mezuzah even if we do not have a, uh, a door frame. However, in deference to the, um, uh, in deference to the Rambam, we wouldn't put, uh, we wouldn't, we wouldn't say a brocha, right? So we would, what we would prefer to do is we'd find one room that you definitely have to put up a mezuzah. And on that room, you say the brocha, and you have in mind all the other, mm-hmm. all the other rooms. That's how you get around the problem. Says the Shulchan Aruch, This is uh, uh, one of the, in, in brought down in Masechet Bova, Bova Mises, that a person only has to have a mezuzah on his front door. Says the Ramah, I don't know, that was a minag in Krakow. And said the Ramah, he doesn't know where, where, where people got this minak from. Every room in the house has to have a mezuzah if it's got the correct qualifications. And if the house has many openings to the public domain, all of them are obligated. Even if there are only a few people, so most are only using one door, all the other doors have an obligation to go. What says the Yishulchan Aruch? You have to put a mezuzah <coughs> on every opening. What about a door, let's say you live in a building, and there's a door that is used only for a fire emergency exit, uh, to, uh, to, to, that goes to the outside stairs of the building, no one ever uses it. The only reason you would use it is to leave the building. Is that obligated in the mezuzah? Mm. Why? Because we said, <coughs> and one of the conditions is, that you come in and you go out of such a room. Now you never come in from such a door, you only go out. Right? 
So it could be that that, that door would be exempt from a mezuzah. Um, let's, let's jump ahead because we, we're running out of time. We've only got a few more minutes. Mezuzah in office buildings. This room, yeah, it's an office. The Torah says, Uqtafam al-mezuzot It has to be a house. What does a house mean? A house where people live. So the simple answer is, is that if you are, have an office, you don't live there, you shouldn't put up there, it's an exempt from the mezuzah. And that's how the Taz rules. Source number 21, page 228. Even if a person sits in his office all day, he's exempt. The Cayman day Namsham Balaila Mikri Arai. He says that's not called living because you're only there during the day, you're not there during the night. So, first of all, most people today work in their offices, I think, even at night. So, that's a reason that why even the Taz might be Machmi. But the Aruch HaShulchan says something different. It says Aruch HaShulchan, It's not only <coughs> the house that you live in. Even if you're using it just for your office, that is considered, according to the Aruch HaShulchan, living there. And then according to the Aruch HaShulchan, definitely you would have to put up a mezuzah with a brocha. Now says Rabbi Yezim Malamed, Big Chirush. He says, I don't know if it's Big Chirush, but he says, Nire, Shima Mochrim Regilim Lechol B'Meshach Hayom. If people in their offices or in their shops also have lunch there, generally we say, should you do it, shouldn't you do it? So put up a mezuzah without a brocha. Comes along, Rabbi Yezim Malabit says, you eat lunch there, you can put up a mezuzah with a brocha. And I think today there's another reason. One of the reasons that the Taz brought is that we're not there at night. In Eretz Yisrael, in order not to be there at night, you'd have to leave the office every day at four o'clock. Okay, today, I mean, when Shkir, Shkir is today at uh, 4.40, and who, who leaves work at 4.40? So that means that most people are there even at night. So they're there even at night. Okay, maybe they don't sleep there today. Most people, some people sleep in their offices as well. They do all types of things. So, therefore, I think today it's pretty accepted that one can definitely, one should put up a mezuzah and even say a brocha. What about a mezuzah with regard to a shul? So says the Gemara in Mesechet Yuma Yudalef. Beit Hakneset Yechba Beit Dira Lachazan Hakneset Chayav B'Mzuzah. V'Shein Beit Hakneset Dira Rabbi Meir Mechayel Chachamim Potri. If no one is living in the Beit Hakneset, they used to have like live-on houses for the Chazan, for the person in charge of the shul. Today we don't have that. According to the Gemara, they shouldn't have. They should be exempt from a mezuzah. Says the Rambam. Har Abayit, the Temple Mount. Alishkot v'azarot, in all the rooms in the, in the Beit HaMikdash, u'beit knesiyot, u'vatei midrashot, and shuls, <coughs> and Beit Midrash, she'en behen dira, p'turim lefishen kodesh. Since they are holy, then you don't have to put up a, a, a Beit HaMikdash. Why? Because you don't have to put up a mezuzah, because it says Beit Techa. Beit Techa means that it doesn't belong to the Beit HaMikdash. It's chol. So, to exclude a Beit Knesset, according to the Rambam, to exclude a Beit Midrash, according to the Rambam. However, our minag is that we do put up a minag, uh, do put on a mezuzah. Why do we put on a mezuzah? 
So it's interesting. First of all, there are yeah, often have shuls where there's various things with food. Okay. That's number one. So some say, correct. Today we yeah, eat so they'll, they'll do that and, and uh, correct. Let's say there's a shul that never, never, never eat. They're very mucky. They don't eat in it. Nevertheless, we I'm still sure put on. Jewish, if they don't eat. <laughs> Nevertheless, they still put on a mezuzah. Why? This is actually brought down in the Maram of Rotenburg. He fell asleep. And when he woke up, he said, Oi, I felt the mezikin were coming into the Beit Midrash because it wasn't a, a mezuzah. And he put up a mezuzah in his Beit Midrash. And because uh, Maram said to put up a mezuzah in the Beit Midrash, that became Minag of Klalisha. Now this is a, a bit of a Pilate client. Yeah. First of all, what is this? We passed him halacha based on, uh, based on Nevuah. Right? I, we don't pass in halacha based on dreams. So what's going on over here? So some I saw someone say that um, really there's Yerushalmi that says that you are obligated. And basically we don't really pass like the Maram. We pass like the Yerushalmi. But the Maram gave it a gave it the Gushpanka. But uh, it's an interesting thing. When do we pass like dreams? There are certain times when when based on a dream, the halacha was decided. The question is, when, uh, how does that work in the halachic uh, uh, um, network of, of, of how things and rules of klalei psika, but we'll leave that for now. And one final argument that we, we don't have much more time, so we'll just do one final argument, and that is the famous machloket between Rashi and the Rambam. What happens if you have an archway, right? You don't have two doorposts, and then a lintel, you basically have a semicircle um, archway similar to the diagram diagram D on page 232, right? where it's basically just a, a semicircle archway, as opposed to diagram E. You see, diagram E starts off with two doorposts, and then only the top part is an arch. So there's a machloket. What about diagram D, where the whole thing is an arch? So, I'll say it outside, basically, according to Rashi, Rashi would hold that even such a, uh, even if there weren't any type of upright doorposts, as long as there's a heart of ten tfachim, right, and the width of the top of the arch is four tfachim, there's a mistake in this, uh, in the addition here, I see they, they say four Four amot, four cubits. It's not four, four cubits. It's actually four amot. Sorry, it's not four amot. It's four uh, cubits. Oh, I'm getting confused here. It's four handbreadths. Sorry. Is it, it says that in the no, in, uh, in in page uh, page two hundred and thirty one. It says um, must be must four, be four amot, amot wide. wide. It's not four amot wide. It says in the second one here on page two three two. That's correct. It says width of four tefachim. So, okay, so on page 231, I got it wrong. Page 232, I got it right. So, um, so we're talking about it has to be 10 tvachim high and 4 tvachim of a width. According to the Rambam, it's not good enough that there was never any uh, upright area and was always leaning. According to the Rambam, you need 10 by 10. And then afterwards, if it curves, that, that would be okay. How does the Shulchan Aruch Paskin? Says the Shulchan Aruch. You're only obligated 
if you have two side posts and a lintel. Then he says, right? And there's an archway instead of a lintel. If the doorposts are ten tvachim om or higher, But if not, <coughs> if the doorposts are not uh, ten tvachim high, then it's going to be a problem. You're going to be exempt. Says the Ramah, Obviously, if the whole thing isn't ten tvachim, you're going to be exempt. Now, says the Chovat Hadar, Right? Um, look at uh, um, Yud. Yeah, so you tell it, you tell it. It says like this. Petach Shemazuzotava so what do you do in such a case? In such a frame, such as diagram D on page 232, you put up a, a mezuzah in deference to Rashi, but you wouldn't say a bracha in deference to the Rambam. And that's how we pass them. Just look at, at uh, the three examples on diagram F, G and H. Diagram H doesn't have a door. According to the Rambam, diagram H doesn't have a door would be exempt. We don't paskin like the we don't paskin uh, like the Rambam. We do put a mezuzah up. However, in deference to the Rambam, we wouldn't say a bracha. That's if you'd sign. Technically, I mean, according to the picture, it may not have a doorpost and a lintel either, right? Um, no, that's not what it's saying. It's just the wall. Well, it's, if, yeah, I mean, it's referring to Yudzai above. It says, Petach Shein Lugi Dilatot. So the inference is that it does have Mezuzai. Okay. Yeah, uh, maybe the diagram isn't exactly, uh, yeah. This G also doesn't have a door. Yeah, G, G, is, G, is, on an angle, on an G is not focusing on the din of the door, it's just focusing on the din of the angle. Um, and, okay, let's... Uh, Finally, five more minutes. Which side of the doorway do you place the mezuzah? So the Gemara says, the Torah says, So we learn from there that the way you enter the house is the way you should place the doorway. Which means the Gemara says, how do you enter your house? You enter through on the right with the right foot, and therefore we place it on the right side of the door. Now the question is, what happens if you have two rooms? So which side of the door do you place it on? Do you place it on the room going into the other room, you know, room X into room Y? So if you're going from room X into Y, you place it on the right side of X. If you're going from Y into Z, X, you would place it on the right side of Y. So what do you do in situations? This is a very, very complicated topic. How to, dis- how to decipher what is the main criteria to defining which room you are entering? 
Okay? So, because the room that you're entering, you put it on the right side as you enter. So, one of, the, one of the rules is, if there is an inner room that you can't get to without going through the outer room. So, let's say there's an inner room. You go from, let's say you have a lounge in your house. And then there's a side room of a study. So, the only way to get to the study is to get into, is to go from the lounge. But you can't, there's no door out of the study into the, the, the garage. So then you would, that would be considered you entering into the study. So that's one criteria. Another criteria is what is the main room function? I.e. the lounge, let's say, is more usable than the study. So therefore, you would go according to the room that you are, you, you go into, use more. So that would be entering from the study into the lounge. So those two principles can be contradictory. Generally, we go with the first principle. Right? If you can only get there, that trumps, um, that trumps uh, a shimosh. Another question is how the, the, where the hinge of the door. Which way does the door end, uh, uh, open? Generally, we assume in halakha that if the door opens, whatever, door, whatever room the door opens into is the main room. That's the way you enter in. Right? So your, your front door enters into the house, right? So, so <clears throat> that shows that you're coming from outside, inside. So the main, the main room is the, the house, right? Not the outside. So any room... Now, the, most posts can say that, that is not, um, that is not the, the deciding factor, i.e. how the, the hinges of the door, which way they, they face. Um, another principle could be... Another principle could be, what is your, how frequently, not in terms of how much you usually use the house, i.e. let's say I sit in the lounge for five hours, but I sit in the study for one hour, so that's defining, but what, how do I usually walk, right? How do I usually walk? So let's say you've got a kitchen and you've got the dining room. So which way do you usually go? So which way you usually go, that could also be a principle. And there's a big debate amongst the Poskim, which one of these principles are the deciding factors? And it's pretty critical, why? Because the Shukhanar Paskin said, if you put it on the wrong side, you've actually uh, not fulfilled the obligation. Right? So that is a challenging, uh, how, do we, how do we do though? How, how do we deal with all these um, modern day houses that have multiple rooms where do we put it in? It's not so clear. Okay. Tomorrow, next week we'll continue with uh, actually putting up the mezuzah and, uh, and the laws of the actually putting up the mezuzah. Yashakah.